0: Psalms 27, verse 1, 4 through 4, 1, 4 through 9. The Lord is my light and my, my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? The one thing I ask of the Lord is I seek to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in God's temple. For God will hide me in God's shelter in the day of trouble. Yahweh will conceal me under the cover of a tent. God will set set me high on a rock. Now my head is lifted up, up above my enemies all around me and I will offer in God's tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek God's face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You who have been my help, do not cast me off. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. God.
1: let's pray it is your face that we seek dear Lord as we look to your scriptures help us to understand what that may mean for us today in your name we pray O holy one amen let there be light the Sun by day the moon by night. What does light do for us, we could do an example, we could turn off all of the lights and that would be that for zoom community, they wouldn't see us, we would still see one another because there is sunlight coming through the windows. So consider what does light do for creation? For mutual existence, light allows land creatures and I am one of those to see, to grow, to thrive. I acknowledge and set aside cave dwellers and deep ocean creatures and other things that please go to National Geographic because they celebrate these things. I just skipped over those articles. Light opens up possibility, practicality, and light can be actual. And metaphorical the Lord is my light actual and metaphorical for all that God does and enables now in ancient times there were two kinds of light the Sun which you can see out our window and the lamp the Sun is brilliant that which we are not able to actually look into. I'm sure during the the solar eclipses, you were not one of the silly people that kept your eyes open on the sun. Light from sun brings warmth, life. It highlights beauty and it warns of danger. Light allows gathering, light allows work, community, building, while the Absence of light allows rest and restoration. Light provides illumination, dawning, clarity. Can we go to the picture? Thanks. Light allows planning, accomplishment. Light brings hope light is immediate and in this psalm god's light is also immediate the lord is my light my salvation this is now this isn't longed for it is light whether it is ancient pottery in a lamp whether it is dawn's Creeping light over the horizon that grows minute by minute. Whether it is a spark in a growing campfire or a brilliant LED lamp. A single flicker of a match. Or a glow provides immediate light. The Lord is my immediate light. Okay, I threw in the word immediate, it isn't there. But I'm a preacher, I get to do fun things. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Therefore, whom shall I fear? Now don't start putting down a drop box of all the things you should fear. This is meant to say, I know perfectly well there's a drop box, but truly, if God is my light, who really, what really do I have? fear. The psalmists were pragmatists. Many of the psalms were sung during harsh and ugly times, violent times, when fear was not only warranted, but it might have saved a life. You will notice I did not include all of Psalm 27, and if you are a fabulous Presbyterian, your Bible is open right in front of you, and there's some violence in there. No, I did not include it. There are harsh times and they are named the question by the psalmist, whom shall I fear is not rhetorical. It is a faith statement that even in the harshest of times, even though I can see God's enemies right over there, that does not nullify God as my light, my salvation. The psalmist understands that trusting the light of God, and I can't define it, trusting the light of God means God will not be overcome as light is stronger than the absence of light. When there is just a spark, it will be seen. Whom shall I fear is a faith statement. Of whom shall I be afraid? It is not a denial of reality. It can be preached as such. If you, if you rely on God, then everything's going to go crystal clear. Not for me. I'm not going to say that. Because it doesn't always go crystal clear for those of you sitting in this room and in your rooms. Yet when things are awful, does that nullify God being light? No. And that's the point. God's light does not cease when we do not perceive it. It is still there the light of God which we usually only perceive in small measures is what the psalmist holds as the psalmist's dearest possession now think of all the other possessions a person could have even 3,000 years ago what does the psalmist name the light of God yet for some it is God who is feared, rather than relied upon. So I love images that help shake people out of the, God is scary, I don't think I want to follow God. I love images. So I was at Reach and Teach yesterday, and this image just jumped right out at me. God got a dog. Well, Jane got a book. God got a dog. Cynthia Rylant, who I love and I followed her with all of my children. And though I'm tempted to read this instead of my sermon, I'll say reachandteach.com, God got a dog, Cynthia Rylant, it will be there. And let me just give you one little tiny quote. God got a dog. She never meant to. She liked dogs. But she didn't think she had time for a dog now. She was always working and dogs needed much attention. God did not know if she could take being needed by one more thing. But she saw this dog. She being God, of course. She saw this dog out on the tracks, hungry, cold, lonely. God got a dog poems are about God and a dog is used to get to your heart Psalm 27 sheds light on the story the gospel story that I didn't want read because I prefer to tell it to you and you already know it the gospel story of Jesus calling the first disciples Peter Andrew who are the other two James. Thank you and John. How come I didn't hear a whole lot of voices saying this? God got a dog. You'll remember that one. First brothers Peter and Andrew, then brothers James and John were called by Jesus along the lake shore. It's The entire example of why We use the phrase called to be an elder, called to be a deacon, called to be a minister. Jesus interrupted their plans for the day and, as you know, for their life. In my preacher opinion, Psalm 27 is what was perceived by these fisher folk Along the lakeshore as Jesus began his ministry now here's a fun part Jesus is beginning his ministry Jesus the Son of God as we know God begins his ministry in among the Gentiles in Galilee not in Jerusalem not in Bethlehem now for these two sets of brothers Everything was status quo on this day. Let's just call it a Sunday for the fun of it. Status quo. They've got their nets, their boats, their oars, their gear. Everything is routine. They can read the weather. They can read the lake. They could just do one glance at their boat and know if anything needs to be prepared. Until the simple words, follow me. Now if that isn't a light, I don't know what is why because they changed instantly either there was a two day discussion and negotiation or this happened immediately two sets of brothers, two sets of brothers move away from everything they knew and they were trained to do and probably loved to follow a person they did not know they had to have seen the light. commentator uh, Richard Swanson calls this scene an eruption of light that we do not see because the different brothers do what leave everything and follow Jesus did not call the first disciples around the temple or in any Jewish enclave Jesus walked to the Gentile territory not Jewish territory Now, these guys were Jewish, but the the stricter Jews looked at them as only not not quite enough Jewish. There was that, that distance. These weren't the acceptable guys. You know, we've been doing this since Adam and Eve, since life and ground were created. The fact that they saw the compelling light in Jesus or that which drew them to follow does not surprise me light does not surprise me what surprises me is the immediacy in this passage as I said maybe there was this long day long week long negotiation give and take back and forth but it isn't there in Scripture so I see immediacy And that catches my attention every time because I prefer to step aside walk back think things through read a couple of articles maybe a book or two before I make a decision yet these guys turned and followed whether that happened is irrelevant to me it's in our scripture that's where I'm going with this there's a possibility that the perceived my perceived immediacy as i read matthew chapter 4 is meant to be a theological discussion rather than scientific time how fast will you respond to the light of god and fortunately since some of us took a long time to be able to respond to the light of god god's immediacy begins the moment we notice So I ponder this immediacy light is immediate following Jesus and God's way may also be immediate but it also may progress over time. It is practically the same exact effect whether one needs time to consider or there's an immediate response. Matthew writing his gospel or this gospel wants you to think it was like that it probably was for matthew the tax collector it seems to be for peter andrew james and john commentator raj nadella from columbia seminary in his commentary does not address immediacy and actually nor does anybody else clearly it's my thing But he does address the context of light and that which is not light. He writes, the Roman Empire had been subjugating people to darkness and death for generations. It made darkness and death integral aspects of society, normalizing darkness, death. In Matthew's appropriation of Isaiah's prophecy, which he does in Matthew chapter 4, if you want to open it up, the people who have walked in darkness have seen a great light. Isaiah 9, which we read on Christmas Eve. Jesus will, in his lifetime, expose the destructive ethos of the Roman Empire, to which I add, and Raj gets there eventually, add Jesus addresses all imperial actions, imperial violence and empires that lean as they do towards oppression for self interest. Jesus did not have an empire. You could not even call those 12 disciples, all of whom followed an empire. The Lord is my light. My light and my salvation these men dropped their nets they left the tools of their trade behind they left the comfort of their home the comfort of family assurance to follow the unpopular business of God's way sound familiar we do it too not quite as warm in here as it may be in your home you too has have left comfort to inquire into God's way and the light of God now the fun part about this sermon is the hymn that's gonna follow so forget everything I've just said because Andy has given us one of my favorite hymns, Lord, you have come to the lake shore. It was composed, please forgive my not Spanish, by Monsignor Cesario Gabarin in uh, 1979. Gabarin was one of the best known composers of Spanish liturgical music, following the reforms of the Second Vatican Council. This is one of his. He was inspired through his multiple ministries through with the Marist brothers, with people whom he met who were humble, who did average, everyday work. He served as chaplain and walked beside others doing daily work. His hymn, yikes, Escador de Hombre, Fisher of Men, which was the original title. Light is not mentioned in the lyrics of this hymn. But before you sing it, I want to emphasize a couple of images. Lord, you have come to the lakeshore looking neither for wealthy nor for wise ones. These fisher folk were regular laborers, not degreed professionals or landowners of influence. You know so well my possessions. My boat doesn't have any gold, nor does it have weapons. You're only going to find my tools of the trade. The simplicity of your life, your circumstances, your willingness to reach beyond your perimeters is all that Jesus needs to shine his light onto. You need my hands full of caring. And labor to give to others and to continue to give this verse says that you are enough just your hands and a little bit of light you have fished other oceans you know what God isn't localized to just us God shows no preferential treatment moves as light does across all of our boundaries ever longed for by souls who are waiting are you ever longed for light to which we could say yes and then this, the hymn says my loving friend and thus you have called me yes all right last is the last the the, the refrain which i absolutely love Lord you have with your Oh Lord with your eyes you have searched me and while smiling have called out my name do you need an image of God's light there it is and while smiling called out my name do you apply these images to your understanding of God smiling while calling out your name May God's voice sneak into your heart with this smiling view of God's love for you as we sing. Amen.